Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Johnny Price from WeFunder. Johnny, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks so much, Brad. Good to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. So tell me a bit about yourself and about your company. Yeah, so uh, I live in Nashville, Tennessee now with my wife and three young kids, four and a half, two and a half and eight months. So we're in the thick of uh, raising a young family here. We moved here about a year ago from San Francisco, where we were for the last 10 years. I'm from the UK originally, moved to SF because I was dating my wife. We're now married and started my career in management consulting, did that for six years. I then went to work for a nonprofit called Kiva.org, which was doing crowdfunded microloans for entrepreneurs all around the world. And then after seven years, uh, kind of running a division at Kiva, three years ago, joined investment crowdfunding platform called WeFunder. So continuing that crowdfunding capital for entrepreneurs theme, but uh, with much larger sums of capital. So WeFunder is an investment crowdfunding platform. So you kind of think Kickstarter, but we help founders, startup founders, entrepreneurs raise pretty large sums of capital, sometimes now up to $5 million. Average raise is about 350 grand. And so, you know, a startup founder could raise capital from angel investors or venture capital investors and our platform enables them to raise from their fans and their customers and their community. And so not only is it an additional avenue to raise capital, but they're also hopefully recruiting an army of brand ambassadors and loyal customers and champions that can help them as they try to grow the business. Nice. That's awesome. So kind of an awesome space to be in, especially uh, this year. I, I think you were telling me about some recent updates and changes that you're excited about and all that. I'd love to hear a little more yeah, about that. Yeah, that's right. So for 80 years, investing in early stage startups, if you were an unaccredited investor, was illegal. An unaccredited investor is basically someone who's not a millionaire. So an ordinary, you know, middle-class American could go and invest in Starbucks on the stock market, but they couldn't invest in their local coffee shop when it was still a private company. They could go to Las Vegas and spend a thousand bucks on a spin of the roulette wheel, but they couldn't invest in their best friend from high school's tech startup. So the SEC or Congress in 2012 passed some new laws that the SEC rolled out in 2016 called the Jobs Act. And part of the Jobs Act enabled anyone to invest in startups they love. And that's WeFunder's tagline, invest in startups you love. But in 2016, anyone was now legally able to invest in startups on platforms like WeFunder. And for five years, we were growing the business and we were seeing kind of linear growth. And in the last year, especially with the pandemic, actually, we saw growth accelerate. I think with the pandemic, a lot of founders found it harder to raise capital. And so then they were kind of looking for alternative avenues like WeFunder. But then in the last three months, there've been some updates to the laws that made what we do, which is called regulation crowdfunding, much, much more attractive to entrepreneurs. So previously, last year, you could raise 1 million per year. Now you can raise 5 million per year. There's some other kind of more subtle changes as well, but it's, it's significantly catalyzed the growth of our business. And it's been a very, very exciting few months. I feel like our hair has been on fire. You know, we've hit that proverbial product market fit. We're all very, very busy trying to keep the train on the tracks, but it's been really, really exciting from a growth perspective. Nice. That's awesome. So tell me a bit about what sales and marketing looks like for you guys. Like, who are you targeting? 
it sounds almost like a two-sided marketplace where you got to get people on the platform from both sides. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, it is. It's a two-sided marketplace. We have founders that are raising capital and then investors investing in them, right? Um, so, but our strategy as a company is we find the founders and put great founders on the platform and then they bring the investors, either their customers or people that already know about that company or, you know, when investors see, oh, wow, that company is raising on WeFunder. Yeah. Where do I sign? Where do I write the check to? Um, and so our strategy is we grow founders and then they will recruit investors. And so I lead the team where we're trying to find those founders and persuade them to launch campaigns on WeFunder, either versus our competitors um, in the investment crowdfunding space or versus more conventional ways of raising capital, like raising from angels or from family rounds or uh, venture capital investors, et cetera. And so, you know, there are a number of channels by which we do that, that I can get into. But yeah, when we say business development, we fund a, the main focus of me and my team, which is probably about 10 or 11 people now. A few months ago, it was three people, <laughs> which shows you kind of how quickly we've, we've grown. But the focus of my team is trying to find amazing founders building incredible companies and having them raise money from the crowd on WeFunder. That's a lot of fun. It is. It. Yeah. My job is, you know, talking to founders, you know, throughout the country. We focus on the US right now only, but all sorts of industry sectors. I'm speaking later today with someone that's making worm castings. And then you go from that to like a B2B SaaS startup or a company trying to cure cancer in dogs that's live on WeFunder right now, or a soccer club in Detroit, actually Detroit City Football Club, a couple of million dollars on WeFunder. So, and these people, you know, the founders running these companies are some of the most brilliant, inspiring, driven people in the world, I would say. And so to just spend your days kind of talking to these super interesting, passionate people is a pretty nice way to earn a living. Yeah, I love it. That's amazing. So how do you go about finding these founders and connecting with that community? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's probably more challenging than a lot of business development or sales roles. And I think it's maybe a little harder to find founders. They kind of don't always necessarily congregate in the same places. We have kind of a three-part sales strategy. So we talk about kind of inbound, outbound, and referrals. The inbound is obviously, you know, people coming to our website organically. Maybe they saw an ad. Maybe they searched on Google. Maybe they had a podcast like this and come to the website and uh, just apply directly at wefunder.com. So that's probably about a third of our leads right now. And then we have outbound, which is kind of traditional kind of cold, cold outreach, like mostly sales, emails, some LinkedIn um, are the two channels that we find that the most successful there. And that probably accounts for a pretty small percentage, maybe 15% of our volume. And then the majority, and I think kind of this will grow over time, will be referrals. We get a lot of referrals from founders that have had good experiences raising money on WeFunder, referring other founders. And so we're trying to manage that relationship. Obviously, Delight them, provide a great product and experience for them so that they refer other founders that they know. And then obviously, there are groups and organizations that work with founders. So for example, startup accelerators like Y Combinator or Techstars or 500 Startups, um, lawyers that work with incorporating startups and helping them raise money, groups like that. So those are kind of the three channels we have on the BD team. I love it. That's awesome. So let's pivot a bit to your background and experience now. So obviously you got a lot of experience with sales, marketing, demand generation, really connecting with communities. What are ways in which you found to be successful in this? So as you, you know, if I'm a marketer or a salesperson listening out there, 
what advice would you have for them in terms of connecting with their community or their target customer and really building those lifelong customer relationships? Yeah, I wrote this quite long blog post when I was at Kiva US running that team a few years back. And it's called Community Focused Growth. And so I think maybe kind of in terms of sales strategy, business development strategy, I think the biggest strategic insight I would share would be to focus on relationships and kind of growing from your existing customers and community. If you're doing ads and hold outreach, obviously it vastly depends on the business and the sales cycle and the purchase frequency, et cetera, et cetera. But in a business like what I do at WeFunder or what I did at Kiva, kind of doubling down on the existing partners that you have. I think companies often spend too much time trying to acquire new customers that they don't know and not enough time hanging out with, getting to know, building relationships with, delighting their existing customers. And at Kiva, for example, we tracked, and we're about to start doing this at, at WeFunder, we tracked like repeat campaigns, like our borrowers coming back for repeat loans and found their referrals is a metric that we look at at WeFunder and we track every month how many, both in the top of the funnel referrals that we're getting from founders and also then who convert to launch a campaign and how much money they raise. But yeah, just spending more time with your existing customers, trying to go for beers with them, right? Like provide a great experience for them, be available to them and be an expert that they tend to know your space inside out so that you can help them with challenging questions around investment crowdfunding that they might have. And if you're doing that for them, you're adding value for them, then they're going to be your best source of deal flow and growth. Totally. I love that. Those relationships are so important versus this transactional like, what can I get from them? What can they get from me? All that. This guy, um, Dan Kurtzrock, is the founder of this company called Regrained. It's a social enterprise, really cool company. We interviewed Dan on our podcast. It's called The Venture Capital. And uh, he had a really good experience. And we funder raised, I think, like 800 grand or so. And um, since that campaign, he's sent me like 10 companies, really good companies that are in the pipeline have already launched on WeFunder. And these are really good quality leads that are going to be very successful on WeFunder. And also he's doing my job for me where he's like <laughs> selling these guys on, Hey, Johnny's awesome. We fund is awesome. Like he'll take great care of you. So I get on the phone and it's like, well, like, I don't need to persuade you. You're already persuaded by Dan. And it's so much more credible if that sales pitch is coming from someone who is a customer who just really believes in what we're doing versus like me on the business development team at WeFunder. Um, so that's just one kind of tangible example of that in action. I love that. That's a great example. That's amazing. Well, Johnny, it's been awesome to have you on. Any last words of wisdom or closing remarks as we wrap up here? I was thinking about ideas or insights. A couple of things came to mind. The first is uh, I love this Peter Drucker quote, what gets measured gets managed, right? So just like whatever metric you want to move, uh, whatever kind of strategy you want to implement, you got to put in place a metric for that and then track that every week and just kind of report on it. We had a, an example recently on our team where kind of dropped the ball on tracking over the last few months because the growth went crazy and it, it was, you know, we just kind of dropped the ball. And then when we picked the ball back up again, all of a sudden like behavior kind of like jumped back to where it should be. So I think what gets measured gets managed. The second thing would be, we hired someone on our team recently in a sales operations role that's been an absolute game changer. And one thing I just kind of have been thinking about is like, 
everyone on our B2E team up until that point had been on back-to-back calls, right? So super busy, like, you know, answering emails, back-to-back calls. And so no one is investing the time and energy into building the infrastructure. So mm. then when you add someone in a sales ops role and 100% of their time can be dedicated to building the infrastructure because they don't have an overflowing inbox and they don't have a back-to-back kind of calls, then that is just an absolute uh, game changer. And then the third one would just be around people. People's everything goes without saying, but like once you find those incredible people on the team, like just do everything you can to retain them. Like the, thinking about tenure recently, like the longer in a, in a business development role, right? The longer the tenure of someone on the team, the more productive they're going to be, especially in a relationship oriented role like us. Like the amount of deal flow that I'm seeing now is just vastly, vastly greater than it was three and a half years ago, right? And so if you can maintain, retain people on your team, especially the top performers, I think that's an unbelievably important kind of driver of success. Totally. I love that. Well, this has been awesome to have you on. I really appreciate all the wisdom and words of insight here. And it's been amazing. Thanks so much for joining. Absolutely, Brad. This is really fun. Thanks.